Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. I'm just now looking at my notes, and I spelled the wrong. Anyway, um, this episode, we're going to be talking remakes and reimaginations. I'm your host, as always, Juwan, and I'm joined by my amazing panel. Let's start off with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hey, Juwan. I'm so glad that we're getting to do this show. Let's Talk of remakes and re-imaging, reimagination. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but yeah, really excited. <laughs> it's all right. I spelled the wrong. It's a crazy night. Um, <laughs> what's um, what's what's going on, Dom? What's going on? Man, good to be here. Uh, hopefully, my uh, my sunburn doesn't uh, distract me too much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope you're able to make a full recovery, buddy. Um, <laughs> And last but not least, Pal, what's going on? Going good. I'm really excited to be getting into this, especially coming from a huge Disney um, enthusiast. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what you guys have to say and how I can chime into the conversation. Absolutely. So let's let's just dive right into it. Um, We can start off, excuse me, with remakes. Um, I'll say this about remakes before I pass before I pass it on. Um, we live in a world that seemingly wants original content. Um, but when it gets original content, does not support original content, which is why um, we get the same kind of movie. Um, and what I mean by that is every year in the Oscars, uh, usually every year, never fails, um, there is a movie that came out that gets nominated that I'd say maybe 
75% of the world didn't even know it was a movie, let alone came out. Um, and that is, is a pure example of not appreciating um, original. Now, when I say original content, I don't mean like shows on Netflix or movies on Netflix or shows on Hulu. I mean mm-hmm. theater movies, like movies mm-hmm. that would love to have great box office weekends, um, but like five people know that it, it actually exists and, and goes out and sees it. Um, so to me, the best way to get remakes, um, like to start to fizzle out a little bit more and original content to really take over is for us to support these movies when they come out in theaters. Like, um, I can't remember the name of the movie that actually won the Oscar that, um, Roma, I think was the name of it. Um, it won an Oscar, but it, even though it came out on Netflix, it did have a theatrical release. It did absolutely nothing. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, well, people probably didn't know that, like, it was out in theaters. I'd make the same argument that people probably didn't know that it was out on Netflix. Um, so it was just one of those things where it was like, if you saw it, you probably scrolled by and was like, nah, I'm not really interested. Um, so it's that kind of mindset that I just want to kind of say to, to where people can kind of go, yeah, I don't really pay attention to movies that aren't either of, uh, you know, supreme action or um, a superhero movie or, you know, movie about sharks, like, for the 80th million times um, or another Men in Black movie or, you know, stuff like that. So that's just my mindset on us overvaluing remakes over actual original content. Um, But I'm actually going to pass it to you first, pal. Um, Your thoughts Mm -hmm. on remakes. Um, and are you a fan of remakes, or would you prefer for us to issue in a new era um, to where remakes are rare and original content is what's being digested more? Well, I mean, I guess I am kind of um, in the middle. So for me, when I look at, you know, in 2019, the majority of movies that are being released um, you know, the major pictures, like, uh, for example, um, we just had Avengers Endgame. We're going to be getting Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, Toy Story 4, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, uh, all uh, Star Wars. All of these movies are not original content. They're sequels or they are remakes of what has already been out there. So it's exciting as someone who is a fan of these movies, right? But you got to think to yourself, it's like, are these studios just like kind of running out of ideas? Um, are, are, are they really kind of, they, they're now resulting into just uh, re- relying on movies that have already been out there and just remaking them just, you know, to make a quick buck. Um, for me, like, like I said, as a fan, I enjoy them. I look forward to them. Sometimes I, uh, they exceed my expectations. Sometimes I am disappointed. For example, Dumbo this year, I really did not, like the remake of Dumbo. And in fact, Dumbo was even one of my favorite original Disney movies. And yet I would have preferred that over the remake just because of the original content that uh, Walt Disney put out there. Right. So um, that is how I feel about, um, you know, just the kind of movies that are coming out in theaters right now. I will say it is, it's nice when uh studios like disney 
can put out original movies out there. I remember how I felt watching uh, Coco for the first time. It was unlike anything I have seen before uh, in a Pixar movie, and I think the major reason for that is because it was just so new. It wasn't like Cars. It wasn't like Toy Story. It wasn't like Finding Nemo or The Incredibles. I mean, it was just something completely different, completely original, and it was good. It was such a good movie. Um, there's some movies that can try to put original content out there, and it falls flat. I mean, that either the script wasn't great, the direction wasn't great, the acting wasn't great. I mean, we, you know, the list could go on and on. But when a movie can excel in all of those different categories and be original at the same time, that is such a rare thing in theaters now, which is why I always appreciate and try to go to all kinds of movies that, like you mentioned, Juan, not everyone May, may even heard of it like you know for example uh you know book smart's about to come out and i don't think it's been it's been talked about as much as say avengers endgame or spider-man far from home um there's and there's and, and it, there's such gems in in the movie theater like if people want to watch something different like long shot you know like maybe they're uh tired of all the end game talk and they just want to watch something different you know go go watch you know long shot or something that um isn't really advertised as much as all of these remakes and sequels and you know i i i like i said i'm like in the middle it's a love-hate relationship i'm a movie buff no matter what so as if the movie's great i'm gonna love it but yeah there's just something exciting when you see something original out there in theaters and usually i end up loving it yeah, well, unfortunately, what Hollywood has, <clears throat> excuse me, has become is it's split in two. Um, you have mm-hmm. movies that are purely for the box office. You have movies that are purely for the Oscars. There is no in between. That's why Logan. Um, that, that's mm-hmm. why when when I had put on the post on Facebook, like you know, do you guys think Robert Downey Jr. deserves an Oscar for Endgame? Um, I personally feel like no, I, I, no. Like the fact that Hugh Jackman wasn't even nominated let alone yeah. thought about for the Oscars, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance to me was not better than Hugh Jackman. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't. Um, it also has something to do with the fact that it's an ensemble movie. It has more to do uh, than just with Robert Downey Jr. Um, but mm-hmm. I kind of felt like he wasn't in the movie long enough. The, the only reason seeing what happened to him happened to him, like the only reason we truly felt that is because it's been a journey of like, what, 12, 13 years? Um, and yeah. it was the buildup of it. Um, with Logan, this was one of the movies to where it was like the Wolverine wasn't good. X-Men uh, Wolverine Origins wasn't good. Um, <laughs> X-Men The Last Stand I didn't think was good. X2 to me was <laughs> only good because of Hugh Jackman. Um, so it was one of those things to where it was just like how many, how many times are you not going to give Hugh Jackman a good movie before he just says I'm done with the character? And it took mm. him being done with the character to get Logan. So just to see everything we've always wanted to see with this character, um, and then for them to do Old Man Logan, even though you couldn't do it how you wanted because you didn't have Hulk, you didn't have Hawkeye, um, you didn't have a lot of characters that the actual comic did. You just did it so well. And I was telling Joel over the weekend that the scene where he's telling her, like, this is what it feels like. Like, this is what it feels like to care about someone. Um, and then her saying, Daddy, and then, like, him just fading away. Um, like, that to me was powerful. And I was just like, 
Everyone in the theater, we went to an advanced screening out in New York. Everyone in the theater was crying. Like, I, I saw, like, three guys call their dad when, when, when like, the movie was over. Like, that, to me, <laughs> was an Oscar-worthy film. That, to me, was an Oscar-worthy performance. I'd even say I thought Xavier, um, Patrick Stewart, deserved a supporting actor um, for his performance. Like, I cried when he, when he died. Um, so it was just one of those things where it was like, if you couldn't get a nomination... No, I don't think – like, was Robert Downey Jr.'s performance great? Yes. I don't think it deserved an Oscar. But back to the original point I was saying, it's just to the point where Hollywood is split. Like I said, it's box office versus Oscars. Um, and it just – it doesn't blend ever. Um, well, it just hasn't in maybe the past 10 years really blended. So you now have people that are making movies like – you look at Vice. You look at the movie with um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Neither one of those movies uh, Star is huge. Born. A Star is Born, thank you. None of those movies were huge box office uh, you know, um, hits, but they weren't made to be that. They were made mm-hmm. to be Oscar-nominated films, to which they were. Um, so you look at it and you kind of go, this generation kind of just wants, what, what is everyone else like? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to latch on to that. So if people are like, oh, man, you got to see like the superhero movies. They're, like, they're, they're amazing. That's where they're going. They're not paying attention to A Star is Born. They're not paying attention to Vice or Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, they're just not paying attention to those movies that they would truly enjoy, um, but they don't give it the time of day. So, to me, remakes will forever be powerful. I made the same analogy um, that it's kind of like when people complain about wrestling, but every show, it's packed. People complain about, like, they hate the Knicks because they suck. Every night, Madison Square Garden is packed. As long as you keep showing up to these things, they're going to continue to make remakes. So for Mm -hmm. everyone who's like, I hate remakes, you do, but not really, because you just left the theater to see Men in Black, the remake. So it's like, you don't really hate it that much. Um, You're not even oversaturated by it, because what they're doing now is is they're disguising it, like the Meg. Um, How many different ways are you going to do a shark movie? Not yeah. many other ways to do it. Um, it but it's that, funny that you should bring up the A Star is Born example because that is actually another remake of a movie. Right. And to me, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I think we're a society that thinks we hate things, but when you break it down, it's like, I don't really think you do because, like, you're, you're actually supporting it. Like, you're there. Um, mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but I'll, I'll pass it to you, Tia. Um, your thoughts on remakes? Um, and even if you want to go a little bit into reimagination, um, just the idea of, like, do you feel like you're oversaturated with seeing the same kind of stuff? Like, for example, I'll, I'll pose this to you, to you. Um, I kind of felt like after the um, the hype of Twilight, like, at that moment, I I, I promise you not. I, had, I The last movie, at that point, I was like, if I never see another vampire movie, I'll be good. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm good. Um, and I kind of got the same feel about zombies when Walking Dead was a huge hit. It was just kind of like, all right, cool, zombies are the new thing. And then it became oversaturated. We were getting so many movies, so many other shows, spinoffs now. Like, everything was zombie-driven. Then I'm like, all right, I, I don't watch Walking Dead anymore. I escaped it. Joel's like, all right, well, I want you to start watching Game of Thrones, only for me to get halfway through Game of Thrones, and there's walking zombies there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> too many zombies. Um, but what are your thoughts? Do you feel the oversaturation? Well, if I um, 
this is going to sound incredibly cheesy, but if I had a nickel for every time that I start an article often in a time of remakes, reboots, and revivals, um, because seriously, every time there's um, a news article that we have to cover, it's because they're remaking or rebooting some sort of movie from like an obscure time in the 80s that maybe no one even watched. So definitely we've come to the point where original content is really lacking. Um, And Hollywood is just kind of borrowing on old ideas to try and cash in on it because they know that it's people are going to complain and say, oh, another revival or another remake. But because there's some sort of that nostalgic factor, people are still going to go and see it just, for curiosity's sake. But I made a small list because I did want to point out that as much as we complain about remakes, some of uh, re- some really good movies are actually remakes. Um, Al Pacino's Scarface is a remake. The original came out in about the 1930s um, under the same name, under the same premise, just in that movie they were talking about alcohol instead of cocaine. Uh, and Al Pacino's Scarface is one of the most iconic movies of all time. Um, in 2005, the remake of King Kong, I particularly liked. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I thought The Magnificent Seven with Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington was good, and that's coming from someone who grew up with her grandparents watching the original. Um, as far as reimagining, that can also be pretty popular as well. The movie... You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan was a reimagining of an old movie. Uh, I think it was called The Shock Around the Corner. Same premise, only obviously different time period, so it wasn't about computers and AOL and shit like that. But um, uh, that's just showing you that as much as, as you guys were saying, as much as we complain about it, some of popular, well-known movies are remakes or reimagining. Um, pretty much I just kind of want to shed light on that. So as much as we, and I I do too, I do my fair share of complaining. If there's one movie that I absolutely have to complain about being remade is (laughs) the rock version of Jumanji. I grew up on on Robin Williams' Jumanji. That is iconic. That is classic. Every 90s kid watched that movie. Um, And I'm sorry, what The Rock is doing is not Jumanji. You can try and modernize it all you want. That is not, you could have have named that anything else. (laughs) No, it kept, it really does get me because I say that and I forget who said, they're like, Tia, it's, it is Jumanji, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's just another rock movie. All right. And Mm. it's not, it, it does not encompass anything about Jumanji. You just use the mm-hmm. name to, again, bring people into the movies who are 90s babies. So, yes, it can be good remakes, but then it could also be horrific remakes, and that is my piece with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad I, someone I, said I, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll piggyback it. Um, but here's here's the thing about remakes, and I'm, I'd love to say, like, I'm I'm tired of remakes, but, like, True Grit um, with uh, Matt Damon and, um, goodness gracious, can't remember his name, uh, played Obadiah Stane. I don't know why my, my mind's completely lost. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I love that movie. Um, that was a remake. 
and to me, uh, John John Wayne, I think is, is who did the original. Um, yes, I thought it was amazing. I loved that movie. It was so freaking good. Um, to me, here's the thing about remakes or reimaginations when it comes to stuff that we remember from our childhood. The thing we have to to remember, even though we're never going to agree with it, is for some strange reason, Hollywood thinks, oh, I remember kids from the 90s loved it. So I don't want the kids from the 2010s to feel like they're missing out. So we're going to reimagine it so Only they can feel like they're part will of remember. it. <laughs> right. But see, my thing is, I, I, think, I, I think I was asking Joel this um, today. The thing is, I don't know who they make it for. So it's like, all right, we were born in the 90s. Like, we love Sonic. Um, I don't think it was ever a movie, but we loved the game. But at no point did I ever think to myself, like, man, you know, it would be great, a Sonic movie. Um, for the exact reasons we got when we saw how horrible he looked in the trailer. It was just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with, with the Sonic movie. And then you hear him running through rings. How how do rings work in, in real world? Like, they don't mean the same. Like, a lot of it was just confusing. Um, well, Juwan, if I can just uh, interrupt for two yeah. seconds before we uh, go into that, just because that is a fantastic topic right now. Um, the If it can be done, like, touching upon that little, like, spark for 90s kids and also bringing it into the modern day, I have to use the example of Jurassic World. The mm-hmm. first one did such a great job in touching upon that nostalgic factor of all us young kids who either saw the first Jurassic Park in theaters or saw it growing up and then going to the movies. And I, I have to tell you, I went there and I was a kid again. It was great. It was, I mean, not a remake. It was a revival, but it still touched upon the old uh, Jurassic Park while making it new. So that way people our age, again, I think I'm probably one of the older ones in this crowd, um, but people my age and then people who are younger can enjoy it. And they did a great job. I don't know what the hell they did with the second one, but uh, (laughs) they did such a a good job in that. Um, So it can be done. It can be done where they make where you have the people from the 90s or late 80s and then bringing them in, but also making it for the newer crowd as well. So it it can be done. But yes, uh, definitely want to speak about Sonic. So I'll let you go back to that, Juan. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, no, you, you make a great point. Um, and I want to go to, to Don before we get into Sonic because that could venture us off to a whole new world. Uh, excuse me, I was just using an example before we get there. Um, but no, that, that that's a great point. But my thing is, like, you watch some of these superhero movies and you kind of go, yeah, you guys are like, it's like you never read the comic. Like, what, what here, all right, I'll use a better example, Transformers. Michael Bay has never seen an episode of Transformers ever. Like, <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever. Whoever wrote that movie, um, to me, I imagine, went to him and was like, hey, like, your ideas for this movie, like, it's nothing like the cartoon. And he was like, I know. I'm going to just be Michael Bay. I'm going to make it how I want to make it. And <laughs> what I didn't feel when I saw Transformers was nostalgia. Same as when I saw mm-hmm. G.I. Joe. I didn't feel nostalgia. Nothing about it felt nostalgic. The fact that I saw more humans than robots irks me to my core. The, the, the cartoon focused a lot on being on Cybertron 
And then when they were on Earth, it was the same three humans that were with the Autobots all the time. Um, just like G.I. Joe, you're, you're making it more modern. And it's like, there's nothing, like, to me, if you're trying to make it modern, it's because it's so outdated. It's, it's just, there's nothing you can do with it that would entertain today's, you know, youth. G.I. Joe is never something that is, that is just like an old mentality. It's always, you know, it's always a thing. So to me, all you had to do was just tell the same G.I. Joe story. You didn't really have to make it modern. Transformers. Have there be more robots? Have it be on a robot planet? I don't want it to where I'm like, am I watching this for Shia LaBeouf or am I watching this for Optimus? Because <laughs> I think one's a main character and one's a supporting, but it's called Transformers. So to me, it's all about, like, who are you marketing this for? I don't think those Transformers movies were to get us to feel nostalgic. I think it was to show kids of today who have probably never seen Transformers or Beast Wars or anything like, hey, look how cool it is for a truck to turn into, like, a full, you know, this huge, gigantic robot. Um, so it all depends on, like, who are you marketing? Because if you're looking to market me, you failed. Um, and it's why I never – like, I honestly began to hate Michael Bay. Um, and then he just when wants I was to like, blow you know, shit up. That's it. And then I was <laughs> like, you know what? I was like, you know what? I think my hate form is, like, just – it's too much. I need to relax. You know, I forgive you. It's over, Michael Bay. He then was like, I'm going to spit in your face, Juwan. I'm going to produce Ninja Turtles, and they're going to be huge. They're going to be human-sized. No, I'm sorry, not human-sized. Way bigger than that. Um, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like, all right, hold on. Hold on. W- w- what are we doing here, Michael Bay? Like, this, these, these Ninja Turtles look horrible. Why are they so big? So, I mean, it, to me, it's just like I didn't feel the nostalgia at all, so I'll pass it to you, Dom. Um, your thoughts on some of these movies that they're remaking or uh, reimagining, sorry. Um, do you feel nostalgia for a lot of these, or does it kind of feel like they don't care about us who, you know, are the reason it became famous? They're more concerned about the people today who could make it a huge box office hit. Um, it's just nostalgia seems to be something that comes and goes when they please. Um, your thoughts on remakes and, re- and reimaginations? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that uh, the nostalgia is they, they they care very little. They give you like, oh, remember this character or this one thing that happened in this one very specific point in time, and then they kind of go off the rails from there. And for me, as a big a horror movie fan, the, the whole genre is remakes, and it's, uh, it's very unfortunate that I end up going mm-hmm. to see some of them anyway. And then they usually end up not being very good. I mean, I don't know how many times I can watch Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm definitely not really excited about the new Chucky movie because I've seen like 20 of them. I don't, I don't know why they keep trying to push this, especially because with that, I get like when we were younger that a toy coming alive is terrifying, but kids and teenagers don't really care that much nowadays about toys. So, I mean, they might be afraid of their, you know, uh, some kind of technology coming alive to kill them, but a doll I don't think works nowadays. Um, But the only time that I do not necessarily agree with the remake, but kind of I get it is when it's something that um, came out in like the 80s or 90s, maybe before, and mm-hmm. it had to do with 
had to do with the uh, future, say like a RoboCop or a Total Recall or Judge Dredd, where it was way in the future. Now, then, if they uh, when they do the remakes uh, nowadays, I kind of get it because the technology is a lot better. They can make things look a lot um, cooler and actually make it feel and look realistic compared to you know previously. Um, now, whether they're good or not, that's you know on the on the person, and usually they're not super great. Um, but I get why they would do those um, or something like. Um, like uh, what's it, the the Ring or the Grudge, where it was like a remake of a Japanese movie. I get those because it's more likely that none of us had actually seen those until it became an American movie. But most of the time, I'm not really for any kind of remake. Yeah, I, I'll say this. I um I only recently, maybe about two three years ago, saw the original Halloween. Um, my dad took me to see the um the Rob Zombie version, and I, I, I'll forever defend that first one, not the second one. The second one doesn't exist right. to me. Um, <laughs> the first one, because I always like whenever you're giving me a movie about a sociopath, a, a killer, whatever. I do like to see what made them, you know, the way that they are. Um, like yeah. what did Michael go through that could have possibly turned him into what he is you know, what he was in present day. Um, so I like that, and I love how deep um, Rob Zombie got into, like, the the, the psychosis of, of how he transformed into who he was. Um, I, I Honestly, I love that. I thought that was a great way to do a reimagining of, of that character. Um, do I think it was necessary? No, but is Rob Zombie one of the better people I want to see do a movie about Michael Myers? Absolutely. Um, Same way that if there's a visionary, um, like a visionary horror director 10 years from now that wants to – actually, we don't even have to go 10 years from now. Um, The last Saw that came out that's called Jigsaw, that's like, I guess, a continuation, um, Mm. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. I was just like, wow. Um, and maybe I enjoyed it a lot because I thought the last four saws were just horrible. There was no need to make them. Um, so, like, my, my expectations for Jigsaw were, like, so low. But I loved it. I was like, yes, this is this is bringing me back to how I felt after Saw 1, where it was like, all right, where are you going now? Um, I, I can't wait to be taken on this journey. But to me, I could never truly dismiss remakes because if you can get the right person, um, to do the right thing, like Dom, I, I, I ask you this: If it came out, James Wan wanted to do Chucky, would you be more inclined to to be interested in in seeing yeah, what probably. he's able to do I, with it? Yeah, I do think that like a lot of time it does have to do with who is making it, or even if it's like uh, the original uh, writer director and they teamed up with somebody new. Like I remember um, the Evil Dead that came out like 2013 was a reimagining, but it still had uh, Sam Raimi on there. So the movie felt different, but you still kind of get the same um, classic things that happened in the original, even though it wasn't as, you know, tongue in cheek as the first one. Right. And to me, that, that does matter. Like, for example, uh, pal, you were saying how you didn't really like Dumbo to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember the director's name, but to me, when I heard he was directing it, I was just kind of like, this doesn't seem to be what this guy should be directing. 
Yeah, it was Tim Burton. Tim Burton, right. Tim, oh, yeah. oh, goodness gracious. Sorry. I'm <laughs> um, no, Tim Burton is not the guy I necessarily want to do a Dumbo movie in 2019 or, or 2018 mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but then you also look at a guy like John Favreau. Before, yep. um, before uh, what's, what's the um, uh, the movie with the, the boy and the he bear? Did the, he did the Jungle Book. Ago? Jungle Book, there we go. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have thought he could do that as well as it was done. That's it why was amazing. When, yeah. It was amazing. Um, and then that's why when I heard he was doing Lion King, I'm like, I don't really think you should touch it. But I can't argue against Favreau because of how much I enjoyed the last one he just did. Mm-hmm. Jungle Book yeah. to me was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So you look at it and you kind of go, I don't really want it, but I'll see it. Um, and the way I feel about Aladdin, I don't like that director for that movie either. Um, yeah, and a lot Richie. about Aladdin, a lot about Aladdin bothers me. Um, now I will say I'm not as tough on Guy Ritchie as a lot of people are, but no, mm-hmm. I, I don't want him doing my Aladdin movie. Um, <laughs> and how Jasmine looks is one of the biggest reasons why I don't like um, Guy Ritchie's decision making sometimes. Um, yeah. But it's it's to the point to where it's like it depends. It it all depends on who is the person doing it that you truly feel like you know what I feel like it's safe. Like after um when Star Wars came back, I mm-hmm. immediately was like, okay, yes, um, this is the guy I want to take the next two films and and really round it out for it. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to do the second one, um, but it's back to the third. <laughs> J.J. Abrams, um, but I, I loved it. I wouldn't have thought I wanted to see any of those characters back, um, but it was it was interesting to see how he was able to take the new with the old and blend it so well. Um, yeah. Because it was to the point where it was like, remember, we hadn't seen Luke or any of these characters in decades. Like, it wasn't like, oh, like, it came out like, 10, 10 years ago, and, and that was, it was like, no, 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 it was way longer than that. And he was able to bring in nostalgia. He was able to bring in people who maybe were new to Star Wars and make them feel like they were at home, like they were comfortable. Um, so that, to me, is, is how you do it. And I feel like we have too many movies that don't and mm-hmm. very little that do. So then it kind of blinds you because it's like, yikes. <laughs> you kind of get nervous. Like, you know, um, like, I heard James Wan was doing Mortal Kombat. As terrified as I am of them ever doing <laughs> another Mortal Kombat, um, because Annihilation wasn't Annihilation. Oh, that was um, terrible. I, it was horrible. But think of it like this. Think of when you were playing Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis, how dark it felt, right? It felt kind of dark. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was meant for children. Um, James Wan is the perfect guy to take the, the elements of dark and the elements of fighting and blended. So that immediately, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, James Wan should be the guy that does Mortal Kombat. Like, he do an amazing job. Um, so it just, like I said, it, it, it completely all depends. Um, but we were speaking, we can get right into this, we were speaking, like, Lion King, Aladdin, Dumbo, Sonic. Um, the, the first thought that I had when I saw the Sonic trailer was, I honestly, to be completely honest with you, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, the mm-hmm. look, the only reason the look didn't seemingly bother me as much as it did uh, a lot of people, don't get me wrong, it was annoying to look at. 
um, is because I immediately felt like, where were all of you people when Michael Bay was trying to give us um, building-sized Ninja Turtles? Like, no <laughs> one came out to defend the honor of the Ninja Turtles. No one. Like, there's no one cares. So that's why I'm like, all right, you know what? I kind of hope you're stuck with this Sonic because no one cared that I was stuck with those building-sized Ninja Turtles. Um, but I thought Jim Carrey was great. Um, was that Richard Marsden or James Marsden? James Marsden. Um, I, I think James, hilarious. yeah. Or Jason, yeah, I, I, I can't he, remember which one. I think it is James Marvin. I think it is James. Um, I thought he was hilarious. Uh, it kind of feels like Sonic enters our world, and then at some point we will enter Sonic's world. Um, so maybe that's where the rings will start to make more sense. Um, Jim Carrey has the end credits. Well, not the end credits scene, but the end of the, the trailer where you kind of see him really take on the Robotnik look. Uh, and mm-hmm. by the way, to like any kids of this newer generation, like, 2010 and, and up, um, Dr. Robotnik and Dr. Eggman, same guy. Like, uh, I, I know you guys <laughs> are on the show with me. You're like, duh. I can't tell you how many people thought they were two separate people. Um, oh so I just I, I want to throw that out there, a little disclaimer. They're, they're the same guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this if you can fix his look, if you can fix his look um, and, and make it look, you know, like Sonic and not like a human <laughs> He looked like a human, and I'm like, this looks disgusting. Um, but if you can fix that, to me, I'm excited for what this world could open up. Like, who knows? Could could we get an end credit scene of Tails or an end credit scene of Knuckles? Um, like, these these are all great things to look forward to. Um, but, Tia, I'll actually start with you. Um, your thoughts on what Sonic was doing. Like, did you feel any amount of nostalgia? Like, did his look out of the way? Like, we all know that was horrible. Did anything else of that trailer kind of ring in on any nostalgia to you at all? No, not really. Um, I was saying this when we were doing the Geek Vibes Live uh, this past weekend. I used to uh, not watch. I used to play Sonic. I I mentioned in that I had a friend who had the Sega Genesis, and I think I went over her house only specifically to play that video game. I really loved Sonic growing up, um, I would love if we got Knuckles in it and uh, all of that other stuff. But I, I don't, I don't know. There's something about the trailer, other than I guess, other than his look, but it just didn't excite me. Um, someone pointed out online that uh, James Marsden was just in a sequel for Hop, pretty much, and now I can't see anything different. Um, but I. I I don't know. If there's only if there's anything that excites me about the movie, it's Jim Carrey. He seems to be really uh, naturally stepping into the role. He seems to really just kind of embody it. It's good to see him back in acting, essentially. Even though I know that he's in a TV series right now, but it's just good to see him in movies. Um, so if I were to see the movie, I don't. I certainly don't think that. I would go to the theaters to see this movie. I would just wait for it to come out. But if I'm I'm actually going to turn the movie on, it's only going to be for Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say this because we are in this world uh, where we review movies and stuff like that. I will say I would really ask you, like even if it's like you going, like if you had off on like Tuesday, you going $5 Tuesday possibly, only because I want you to think of it like this. Okay, 
this is a video game movie, right? I know a lot of people think Detective Detective Pikachu is technically like a video game movie. Not really. It's an anime turned turn live action, really, uh, more so than anything. But if Sonic does not make money, you know what will start happening? There will be even less of video game adaptations. And the last thing I want Hollywood to do is to shy away from that. Do not shy away from it. A Grand Theft Auto movie would be amazing, based off of that last game. <laughs> um, you know, like, well, I think uh, that that's, I think that that's different. If you make something like uh, a Grand Theft Auto movie, I mean, they're making a Saints Row movie. You can make that a little bit more grounded and prevalent to what's happening today, while still keeping it uh, in the video game realm. I mentioned that uh, Showtime is doing a Halo series. And I think they can do that well because I think in that context, they can, the whole sci-fi, I mean, we've seen in Altered Carbon, uh, the, the Blade movie that just came out like a year or so ago. I mean, those are things that they could easily adapt into live action and it'd be perfectly fine. But when you have something like Sonic where, first of all, it looks like Roger Rabbit looks better than Sonic did, okay? <laughs> like, I would rather watch, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and that's no diss towards that movie. That's a great movie, actually. But that, like, is more forgivable seeing cartoon animation interact with live-action humans than it was seeing Sonic, that abomination, interact with live-action humans. So it's, it's the type of video game. I don't think that place that uh, studios should shy away from adapting, but it may make them think twice to adapt things like Sonic. I mean, they could have used, well, like, the design that they used from, like, Wreck-It Ralph, and it would have been fine. Well, I'll tell you this. Even Grounded doesn't work. Um, Hitman, the second Hitman was horrible. Max Payne was horrible. Both, I, both I didn't understand how... One's about a cop, right? Uh, a cop who lost his family, and he's trying to figure out who killed his family. How you mess that up, beyond me. Hitman, all it is, bald guy with a uh, you know, a barcode on the back of his head, just assassinating people for a company. How you mess up the more simple thing is beyond me. Again, Mortal Kombat um, Annihilation. That, that should not have been as bad as it is because it's so simple to do. So it's even grounded they managed to mess up. The reason why Saints Row and Grand Theft Auto could work is because if you've never played the game, you would never think it would be a movie about about a video game because it's actual human beings um, who are using, like, guns. Like, Saints Row sometimes does get to where it's like, all right, you could fly now? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Um, I don't think they'll go that far. I think they'll go more so into – what the first game was about to where it was about gangs. It was about territory. Um, it was about building yourself up. I think they'll probably go more so that that aspect, Grand Theft Auto, if you go after, you know, what they did in the, the very last game that just came out, um, where your ex-bank robbers looking to get back in the game again, that to me is so easy to do. If you mess it up, it's kind of just like, all right, you're just trying to tank it. But the, the point I was trying to make um, with that, Tia, is I think Hollywood now is, is – feeling out. It's, it's feeling out. So if Sonic doesn't work, if they were wanting to do a Mario movie, they're going to be hesitant. Um, if they were looking to do any other kind of a video game adaptation, they're going to be hesitant. 
Um, and to me, if you're if you don't like Sonic, you know what's gonna happen when Saints Row comes out. You're gonna be hesitant. As as someone who's paying money to see it, you're gonna kind of be like, these movies just aren't usually good. <laughs> like I don't know if I want to spend my money to go see it. Um, so to me, that's why I kind of feel like if Sonic does not do well, it's not good. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean like all right, well cool, we'll we'll scrap that. We'll just make another. We'll make a Mario movie. Like maybe that'll do better. It's just it's gonna continue to get harder and harder and harder. Um, but pal, I'm gonna go to you. Your thoughts on we're kind of me and Tia we're 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 um we're talking about and your thoughts on what they were doing with Sonic. Did you feel any nostalgia? Well, short answer is no, but only because I actually didn't grow up with Sonic for so what I can say for, you know, that kind of demographic that really has no emotional investment for a video game character like Sonic. It's going to, and based on what I saw out of the trailer, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to sell that kind of movie to, you know, a crowd like me. Because I I can tell you right now, I I really do have zero interest in it. And like Tia said, I probably would only watch it for Jim Carrey because, you know, us 90s kids, that, I mean, maybe I didn't grow up with Sonic, but I did grow up watching Jim Carrey movies. So that's really the only, my only motivation to go out and watch Sonic. So are you saying, like, you've never played Sonic, like, at all because you didn't have interest? Or, like, Sonic had, like, kind of, like, worked its way out by, like, the time you were really into video games? Well, when I was um, when I was a kid in the 90s, I didn't really have access to, like, a lot of video game consoles or, you know, like, I had a Game Boy, but that was about it and up until my family uh, finally got my siblings in a game, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, again, GameCube? a Nintendo GameCube, yeah. So <laughs> by that back. time, you know, yeah, I know. So by that time, um, really, like, the games that I, I played weren't Sonic. Usually they were um, Nintendo games. And, if, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sonic is not a part of Nintendo, so I just never really, um, uh, I never really dealt with that realm of video games. And w- w- and that, that's really the reason why I, I kind of don't really have any emotional ties to, to that video game character, just because I, I just didn't really grow up with them. No, I... Listen, I understand where you're coming from. To me, Sonic, um, Sonic was huge on Sega Genesis. Um, that's yeah. where it was its biggest. Um, with Sega Genesis, it was the birth of it. I didn't become a huge Sonic fan, so I played it, um, Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast, mm-hmm. where it was open world, where you could literally walk around town as Sonic or Tails or Knuckles, um, and you could run around the city with Knuckles. You could fly with them. Um, but to me, it was one of those things to where it's like that you're a perfect example of, like, who are you catering to? Like, if no one's ever played Sonic, what are you showing in that trailer that makes someone interested? For you, it's yeah. Jim Carrey. So mm-hmm. that works. Like, if that's yep. what gets you in the seat, it works. But I am more curious of that's why I, I'm, I wanted to start every question when I pass it to someone. Like, did it strike any nostalgia for you? is because I want to know by the end of that movie, I don't want to just go like, man, Jim Carrey was like at, at his A-plus game. Like, of course, I, I'm assuming that. Um, I want to leave it saying, yo, I got to go play Sonic right now. Like, <laughs> like just watching Detective Pikachu, I'm playing Pokemon on my Nintendo Switch like, like every second. Like, I can't <laughs> wait to see that movie. Um, because it just, it looks, 
I don't I haven't even seen the movie, but I'm just looking at them puts me back in where I'm watching the cartoon. You remember at the end of the episode where it says who's that Pokemon? And it's so yeah. obvious because, like, you see the outline of it. Um, it made <laughs> me feel like that. Like, that's what I felt like. Um, so I'm curious, if it, can Sonic do that? And yeah. if no. he can't, it's just, uh, oh, well, man. Well, I will say, I will say, um, if there was one itty-bitty bit of um, nostalgia that hit me while watching the trailer, it was probably the sound effects of the rings. That definitely mm-hmm. took me back to the 90s. And that, if any, if there was anything that would make me want to pick up, you know, a Game Boy or a game controller, start playing any video games back from the 90s, it would, be, it would have been that sound effect because it just, like, took me back. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, but now, you, you know, video games are so, uh, you know, the way they're designed are so different and much more complicated than the video games that we played growing up, you know. So if anything, you know, the fact that they were able to, Kate, uh, you know, include that in the trailer. I did appreciate that because, if anything, that also gave me a little bit of nostalgia. And yeah, if it, Sonic actually yeah. does well, um, I think that the if Sonic does well, if they're able to tune up the design and actually it be a decent movie, I think that it could pave the way to even maybe like a Donkey Kong movie because Sonic oh, wow. always had because Sonic always had that like feel like Donkey Kong did where, you know, you're sliding up and down the hills. It's, like, very adventurous and shit. I don't know how they'd be able to do it, but I would be down for that. Yeah, I mean, look, this this opens so many doors. Uh, I I guess technically we already have it because, like, a James Bond movie exists, but I'd love a movie just purely um, based off of GoldenEye. Like, I, GoldenEye, to me, I think is one of the greatest games ever created. And if you don't know what GoldenEye is, I do recommend, like, if I ever, like, see you guys, like, in person, I will make sure I have a Nintendo 64 <laughs> and, like, extra tr- controllers for us to play GoldenEye because it literally defined and ruined millions of friendships in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, like, it was yesterday. It was when Cool Ranch Doritos came out. Capri Suns were at an all-time high. It was, like, it was Nirvana. Anyway, um, <laughs> Donkey Kong would be a great character to use. To me, with the technology, like, after I've seen what Pokemon looks like from Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu, it's not impossible to do anything anymore. That's why I said you could do Mario next. Um, like, none of it is impossible. It's just now the issue of, are you going to go more animated to where it's more mocap and less just purely CGI, or are you just going to cheat out and make it look like a real... Uh, guy is Mario and Bowser is this huge dragon like to me it all depends on how you go about it um, like I had always imagined like Mario being Jonah Hill and Michael Sa- um, uh, and L- Luigi being Michael Sarah. like I always thought that would be <laughs> hilarious the idea of the two of them um, being Mario and Luigi but if you're going for a more serious take I do suggest maybe mocap um, so you can kind of get Mario to look as accurate as possible um, Peach, the look is accurate. Luigi um, and, and Bowser, so you can do it. I think we are ready for it. Um, I also think we need a remake of. <laughs> saying remake is disgusting because it means I have to acknowledge that the first existed. Um, but I do think we deserve an, a, a better Avatar, or rather, Last Airbender. Um, yeah, it, it, it's mm-hmm. time. It, it, it's time, and that. Like, if you look at where we are in 2019, that seems like that should be so easy. 
we just had Avengers Endgame where that looked like it was real. And you're telling me last Airbender is where you're, you're going to struggle at? So to me, it's like I think all these things, we're ready for it. This is the time. Um, but, Dom, I'm curious of your thoughts. Um, I want to kind of make this two-sided. What are some old video games or old cartoons that you would like to see a remake to or a reimagination of? And your thoughts on, on Sonic? Like, did it strike any nostalgia for you? Uh, yes and no with the, for the Sonic movie. Because um, I did. I mean, I, of course, I played, the, I played the video game. And I feel like that already is kind of would already have been hard to kind of adapt a storyline to kind of make it um, tangible for people to understand, like, who he is and what's going on and what he's trying to do. But I did watch the cartoon as well, and it did have more of a regular cartoony storyline to where it wasn't just, you know, purely, you know, rings and circles and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I did kind of have a little bit of a nostalgic feeling. Um, I I did think he did uh, – I did think he looked a little weird, not, like, too off-putting, but, like, the legs kind of threw me – I was the first thing was his legs just – his thighs were too thick. It, it threw me off so compared <laughs> to where you usually see these little stick legs. Um, and, of course, Jim Carrey's always been, you know, one of my favorite actors of all time. And I, I do feel like since it's based, you know, from for a 90s kid possibly and having, like, one of the biggest 90s actors um, being in it, I think it's going to um, gonna have a nostalgic feeling for everybody who kind of grew up in that time kind of have the same feeling of, like, when Adam Sandler did that Pixels movie where it's just straight 80s and 90s video games, and you mm. may not have liked the movie in its entirety, but just seeing all your favorite characters on screen makes you feel some kind of way. Um, as far as uh, movies uh, getting made into movies or remade, uh, I do think the, the Mario Brothers should be remade because I remember the 90s movie, and I just remember seeing Bowser, and he looked like... I don't know. It was the, it was terrible. They they just made him just a sh- put Shaq in a lizard mask and hey, this is Bowser. I, I didn't. I like John Leguizamo, uh, but I don't think both him and um, I can't remember the other guy's name, um, Bob Haskins. I don't think that they were the right guys to play the uh, Mario Brothers. Um, I do want to see a. Uh, another Mortal Kombat because they have to redeem themselves after Annihilation. Because um, the first one, I was that was probably the most I've been excited for a movie as a kid after playing a video game for so long. Um, but, you know, when I first saw Scorpion's hand opening, see, even though it looked a little different, uh, but when you, the get over here scene when they're in the woods was part of one of my favorite movie scenes as a kid. Um, I, off top, though, I can't think of any other ones I can say I'd want to see maybe like a Crash Bandicoot maybe, um, but yeah, yeah. I see. <clears throat> excuse me, Plumbers uh, is what you're referring to, and again, that's another movie I don't even like to acknowledge existing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're in a time where Spyro could happen, Crash yeah. Bandicoot could happen, a crossover of. Uh, Crash and Spyro could happen. Um, so there's so many possibilities, but that's why I said Sonic is crucial. Sonic, to me, is the equivalent to um, 
like picture if Blade was horrible, the first Blade, because uh, Trinity, right, right. I, I think a lot of people could go either way. Um, if mm. the first Blade was horrible, it makes it really difficult to do other movies um, that right. aren't about characters that people know, like Spider-Man or Wolverine, which we got an oversaturation of since right. the early 2000s. Um, but you just there's some movies that, that are a risk that could be high reward. Like, again, it doesn't seem like it now, but what I think a lot of people forget is no one cared about Iron Man until that movie. I personally mm-hmm. remember the animated Iron Man cartoon from the yeah. 90s. That was yeah. my first time of seeing Iron Man. Well, between that and then when he was on um, Spider-Man the Animated Series. But mm-hmm. Iron Man was never a popular character. He just never was. A lot of the characters you're seeing now weren't popular characters. When it came to Marvel, people only really knew Spider-Man and Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, some might have been, been favorable as Cap um, because of his historical value. But a lot of these Avengers, Thor, believe it or not, no one really cared about. Um, the MCU has popularized um, these characters to now to where people talk more so about the big three over in Marvel than they do the big three over in DC. And that's just what time does. Um, so to me, taking a risk with Sonic is great because if it works, it opens the door. If it doesn't, it doesn't shut it and lock the door. But you got someone standing on the door waiting to slam it closed. Um, and, it, and it puts a lot of pressure on whatever comes after it. So, to me, and that's why I hated that the last av- uh, the last Airbender was so bad is because um, it put a bad – first of all, Dragon Ball Evolution made people think anime to oh, live action uh, was impossible. It made was... people think it was impossible. Um, <laughs> so, you know – it shut the door on things like Gundam. It shut the door on things like the Big O, um, you know, Naruto, um, you know, just other animes that you can make into live-action movies. Um, but someone has to take a risk. So, but, with live-action... Go ahead. Cowboy Bebop um, on Netflix is probably going to be pretty good. I have, like... I have a feeling that it's going to be good. Even though it's not a movie, it's going to be a series that could open the door for animes to actually be made into decent frickin' adaptations. But see, I think it already has. I, maybe because I thought the anime was pure garbage, I loved the Death Note movie that Netflix made. I thought it was great. It made me more interested in the show that I'm never going to watch, but I thought it was well done. (laughs) Um, So to me, like, the, the first thing I thought is, like, with all the success that these anime-turned live-action movies are getting, I'd love to see J.J. Abrams give us a Gundam movie. Like, think about it. J.J. Oh, Abrams yeah. made us care about Star Wars again. J.J. Abrams made us care about Star Trek again. J.J. Abrams 100% could give us an amazing Gundam movie. Um, I personally favor the Big O over Gundam. For anyone who doesn't know uh, the Big O, definitely go watch it. But it's Bruce Wayne. It's technically Bruce Wayne in a huge robot. Um, and the way they do it is amazing. It, it ended way too early. Um, but, yeah, it, it all is about risk. The first Hitman movie that came out, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I actually spoke to the producer of it, um, and he said he didn't think it was all that good. And I'm like, wow, can you say that? Um, but I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was great. It made me feel, like for whoever didn't see it, um, silver ballers, like the two handguns with the silencers, 
are the um, the quintessential piece to who Hitman is in the game. As soon as I saw that scene of him reaching in the icebox and pulling out the silver ballers, my mind immediately, uh, immediately sorry, went to how I felt when I played Hitman Blood Money, and I felt like it was so accurate. Um, so it's just all about risk, and I think a lot of people just don't take enough risk. So like you said, um, Tia, Cowboy Bebop is what could branch things. Halo is what could branch things. Um, even though I, a small part of me doesn't want Halo to do well, because if it does do well, it'll make studios want to jump after uh, Gears of War with Batista. Yeah, but, I don't but my really man know Pablo, I, Go ahead. Go ahead my man Pablo Schreiber is going to be in Halo, so it has to do good. Just <laughs> okay, here's, here's my thing about, about that, and <laughs> Joel was yelling, yelling at me about this. If you've ever played Halo, right, like if you ever played Halo, even if it was five seconds or the entirety of the, of the game, Master Chief never – I mean, never has his helmet off, like ever. You, you don't see him with his helmet off. So my question is, I don't want you to modernize Halo by having it to where we now get into the life of Master Chief and we now know what he looks like and we now know his history, his past. I that was what I loved about Master Chief. He was never humanized. Like, he just always had a mask on. He was always ready to do business. Um, and had his mask on. So you casting Pablo Shriver, I'm like, no, he's attractive. He's definitely going to show his face a lot. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> like, that was my issue um, with when the reports first came out around the first Iron Man, that they were going to get Tom Cruise to be um, uh, Tony Stark. I was like, Tom Cruise is good looking. You know he's not going to want to keep his head in that mask a lot. <laughs> like, he's going he's gonna to want to show his face 80% of the movie. And I'm like, What's the point of you being Iron Man if you never have your helmet on? Um, so it's just it, it's ideas like that. I was impressed that Will Smith had the, the Deadshot mask on as, as long as he did. I was like, I was shocked he wore it at all. So to me, right. it's like I I want when you make stuff like video game adaptations, you immediately think people who play the games are definitely going to come and see it. We need to cater to the people who have never heard of Halo. So then who do you, what do you do? You get a guy like Pablo Shriver, um, you bring him in, and now I can almost assume to you that he probably will have the mask on 45% of, of the series, um, which I'll, I'll end up getting over. I'm complaining now, but I'll easily get over it. Um, <laughs> it's just not something I like because, to me, you're catering. Don't, don't cater. Be accurate. Um, so that, that, that's my biggest issue with it. Um, Excuse me, but pal, I want to pass it to you. We, we've talked Sonic. I, I kind of want to get into your thoughts on Lion King. And the reason why I want to know your thoughts on Lion King is um, that movie has endless songs that are important, that are crucial to why that movie was as special as it was. Um, if they take out um, – actually, you know what? Let me not go to Lion King. Let me go to Aladdin because um, I have an exact uh, question I want to ask you, right? If in Aladdin – remember the um, – uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Hold on, I think I have it in my my music library. Um, one one foot or one one jump, I think is the name of the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, um, one jump. If they don't have that song in the movie, how disappointed will you be? Well, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, 
if if you are a Disney fan, you would know that in a, the original Aladdin movie itself, there were a lot of songs that got cut from the final version just because of time restraints and whatever. One jump ended up being one of the songs that were that was chosen over another song to give more of a background of who Aladdin was because you know there's that part of the song that kind of you know explains about why he does what he does. He doesn't have parents who doesn't keep track of what he does. Um, so if if they don't have that song, but they could provide a better way of explaining and giving just some. Um, exposition of who Aladdin is as a character, I might let it slide. Um, just because one shot isn't, you know, the make or break it deal for me to hate uh, an Aladdin remake. For me, it would be, you know, some of the bigger songs like Friend Like Me or A Whole New mm-hmm. World. Those are, you know, for me, iconic Disney moments, especially for a 90s kid. So one, one jump, I could let it slide if it did not um, I have a thing. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to keep my hopes up because it, they may not include it in the final version. So if they don't, you know, I'm not hugely disappointed. Maybe they'll just figure out another way to kind of introduce Aladdin as a character. See, to me, I'm somewhat. I, I'm. I somewhat disagree with that, only because. Okay. I kind of think. I kind of think even in that song, even though it's meant to be like in the animated movie, it's meant to be kind of funny. Um, he's doing mm-hmm. a lot of things like messing with the guards. Um, in that song, he's being completely honest. He's, he's telling you that he comes from nothing. Um, you know, he, he's always looking for where is he going to eat next. Um, yep. And that song, although it was funny, it was heartfelt. It was him crying out saying, I don't have anyone. Um, I yep. don't have anyone. I, I don't have any way to, like, get any money. I'm hungry. I just want a piece of bread. Um, but it was so, to me, with as a kid, because obviously I, none of that uh, leaped out to me as a kid. But as a kid, it was just so much fun to see him jumping around town. Um, remember, it ends with him running into Jasmine. Um, mm-hmm. But just seeing him in, in, uh, in uh, Abu, I think was the, the month. Yeah, Abu. Yeah, um, Abu. Go, going around mm-hmm. was so much fun. And to me, I think if you cut it, it's like I need to know why you cut it. Like what you mm-hmm. thought, what did you think needed so much more time um, you know, that you had to remove that. I also, one of the reasons why I was not a fan of Will Smith being Genie had nothing to do with him replacing Robin Williams, had nothing to do with his look. Uh, well, mm-hmm. No, some did have to do with his look. My biggest issue was <laughs> um, when they do Prince Ali, like I think what everyone tends to forget, Robin Williams sung that. Will Smith is yeah. going to rap it. I don't want to hear you rap. <laughs> That's why I was okay with The Rock. Because if you saw Moana, The Rock like can sing a little bit. Um, yeah. So like, I want you to sing that. It's a music. I want you to sing. I don't want. I don't want you to bring in someone who's gonna rap that to me, so it could be modern, yeah. hip, and fresh. Like no. I don't. I don't know if it was um, Prince Ali or Friend Like Me, but I heard from one of the film conventions that they were shown a sneak peek of one of those songs, and apparently he did rap a little and some people mm. loved it some people hated it so i i mean I, I, that's not confirmed i don't really know exactly which song it was but from sources i saw on twitter that's what they had to say about it so that you know you made that little comment joanna i'm like yeah just be prepared because you might see a little rapping <laughs> yeah no i i i knew once they cast the will smith <clears throat> and it came down to genie having to 
sing songs. Will Smith mm-hmm. can't sing, so you were going to make <laughs> him rap it. Um, so yeah. I, I've already prepared myself for it, and I'm not going <laughs> to like it. I, I'm not going to yeah. like it because, to me, it's cheap. It, it's very cheap. Just like, mm-hmm. like just because you cast uh, Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, as Simba, do you think I want to hear Simba rap anything? No. You sing. <laughs> I hope he does not. Sing. And I'm not saying he will, but we know him more so as a rapper. But if you actually yeah. listen to, to Gambino's music, he can sing. So that's why mm-hmm. when I cast him, I'm like, I'm fine with it. I was never thought Matthew Broadwick could sing, but he did an amazing job as Simba. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was fine with it. But it's like, no, I don't want Gambino and Beyonce to give me a hip version of, of, of that duet that they do. Like, no. Yeah. Keep it simple. There's nothing wrong with the original song. I don't need to feel like um, it's hip, new, and fresh. No, no. That's the no, only I, reason why Beyonce's in the movie. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, probably 100%. Even though, to be fair, I don't think – I didn't leave the original Lion King thinking Nala had lines that stood out so much that you had to get the best of actress to voice Nala. Mm-hmm. I understood mm-hmm. you got Beyonce purely to hit those musical songs uh, to where we felt it, to where she could give yeah. you that powerful voice. Uh, in those moments, we could truly feel that. Like, um, uh, can you feel the love tonight? They're going to yep. kill that. They're going to completely do an amazing job doing that duet together if they keep it like the original movie had it. And I don't think musical ballads and reimaginations or remakes ever need to change. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of just a little bit of things that bother me. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Dom, I want to go to you. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, would that bother you, the idea of Jeannie rapping uh, instead of singing, the idea of if Gambino and Beyonce completely – well, again, it's not on them. It's more so on, obviously, the director, producers – um, but does that bother you trying to keep things new, fresh, and hip when it's like, I, to me, I could play all these Disney songs on my phone now and not feel like, oh man, these are outdated. We need to update these. Like, I, I'm, I'm, how do you feel about that? Well, first off, I am a huge Robin Williams fan. So when they, <laughs> when I found out that they were remaking the movie at all, I was like, why? You don't have Robin Williams that makes no sense. Now, I love Will Smith. Will Smith, I've liked a lot of his movies, but I was not, I hate to say, I wasn't excited about it. Um, I think the only reason that he got cast is because he started using social media, what, last year, the year before, and he's now one of the biggest, you know, celebrity influencers, uh, even though he already was one of the biggest, but now even with social media, he's even bigger Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, hey, we got to grab him while everybody's looking at him. But I wasn't excited um, off the top. I thought they needed a, a big star for, uh, for some reason, even though it is a classic movie. Uh, and the same with Lion King. I, I kind of didn't see why they wanted to re redo him because I feel like certain things are so classic that you just have to leave it alone and just don't touch them. But, you know, like you said, with Hollywood, they're like, we, you know, we want something that, can pull the audience in, whether, whether you know, we needed to do it or not. Um, but, no, I don't think they should – if it's going to be a shot-for-shot shot or a closer shot-for-shot shot remake, you don't need to update anything because 
it was perfect. That's the reason why you're remaking it because it was a perfect film. And yeah, I don't think they need it need to touch it. Hopefully, I would assume with you know with Donald Glover being such a good singer that I don't think they'll make him um, try to rap it. But I do feel like they'll tell him to put kind of his twist on it, and it may be a little much. Um, but yeah, they definitely didn't need to add any kind of thing to make it more modern because I think that if once you're in, if you're a Hollywood director, filmmaker, producer, you have the control to make people like what they're gonna like. So why try to pander to what's popular when you can make something that's classic and make them relove it again? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think what Hollywood sometimes forgets is um, cult fans are strong, Uh, like (laughs) super strong. Like, I'll remind people of this. As much as you may not have liked films like Thor The Dark World, Iron Man 3, BVS, Suicide Squad, um, Captain America The First Avenger, you know what they all have in common? They made a crap load of money. You want to know why? Mm. They have a cult following. So it does not matter if the average person who could care less about Batman, Superman, Iron Man, don't go see it. You know who is? That cult following. And you know what else? They're seeing it more than once. So to me, it's like you don't have to pander. Endgame. Endgame is the biggest example of why you don't need to pander, right? So this movie came out for the cult following. People have followed this for 23 films, 12 to 13 years, right? You know why this movie grossed $2 billion in the course of two weeks? Word of mouth. People don't want to feel left out. They want to go see it so they can either be overtly negative or jump on the positivity train. So word of mouth works powerfully in today's time. There's no need to pander. People will go see it so they can either say, oh, yeah, I saw it and I hated it. Or, oh, yeah, I saw it and I get why you loved it so much. Maybe I'm going to start watching some of these Avengers films or or whatever. Um, So to me, I don't think you making – uh, Lion King more modern, or I don't think you making um, Aladdin more modern is going to necessarily bring in more money uh, than if you had just kept it. And again, I don't think you ever need to make it a shot for shot remake. We know Lion King's not going to be because we saw Jungle Book and that wasn't. Um, but mm-hmm. fair necessity. Like that song didn't feel like they changed it. I, I could be wrong. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it, but I don't think they changed it. It felt like the, the, the animated movie. Um, so to me, there's no need to change things. There's no need to pander. We're in a world where people just want to feel like they're heard. So they're going to, whether they saw it or not, they're going to have an opinion. Um, and even if they do have an opinion, they're going to go see it so they can feel part of it. Um, I remember when Bird Box came out. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. I saw someone that was like, yo, this movie was garbage. And I'm like, what, what did you not like of it? He was like, I didn't even really finish it. I was like, oh, where'd you stop? He was like, maybe like 20 minutes in. How do you oh, have geez. an opinion, man? How do you have an opinion? Like, you just want to be heard. Finish it, and then you can say, you know what? I sat through it all. It was garbage. Um, but I kind of feel like you're selling yourself short, because what if it got good and you missed out? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like right. it's one of those things to where it's like we're in a generation where they just want to be heard. I mean, the complaints that I'm sure, T, I know you definitely saw it, of Game of Thrones, it's like, uh, what do you want from them? Like, <laughs> like people want, like, I want everyone to die in an episode. And it's like, if I do that, like, I remember when Game of Thrones first started, I wasn't watching it, but I was, you know, obviously looking at Twitter. 
people are like, man, it feels like if you love a character, they're dying. And it's like, all right, cool. So they got away from it. Now we're in the, you know, we're in the end stretch, and they're like, kill everyone. And it's like, you got to make up your mind. Like, I'm trying to build a story here. Like, allow me to build a story. So to me, it's like pandering in 2019 doesn't really make sense. Tia, do you agree? Do you think pandering still works in 2019? Or do you see that people just want to join Hype Train for good or bad? Oh, absolutely. People want to jump on the, you know, the hype train. We are certainly living in a, uh, what's it called? Oh gosh, a mob mentality. Uh, mm. Because there will be little things that come out and because maybe one or two people say it, then all of a sudden everyone starts joining in because they're afraid that if they don't share the same opinions, it's going to look bad or yada, yada, yada. Um, so I absolutely agree that, and for, I mean, the whole Game of Thrones thing does have me a little uh, conflicted because uh, I don't know who has seen the actual episode and I don't want to spoil it, but uh, in the pre- episode that just happened, we got some things that we've been looking for for years and then uh, some things that we may not have wanted at all. Um, But you see that when directors do try and pander that sometimes it does come to negative effects. I think uh, one of the best examples is kind of bringing it back to the Sonic discussion uh, the director for the movie has stated that they are going to go back and redo Sonic's look. But I think maybe it was Nick who pointed out that uh, they're still keeping the release date. So does that mean that at this point they're going to be rushing the job and we're still probably going to end up with a look that isn't really that good? Um, no. So that See- could be a problem. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, no, I, I completely disagree. I, I think, to me, with the technology that we have, I don't think it's, it's, um, it's hard for them to touch up. It's just editing. So it's not like they have to reshoot the whole movie. You're literally just editing. Um, that's editing. I don't think you have to go and reshoot those scenes. Um, I, I think you just edit it. Like, to me, it looked like instead of doing – to me, first of all, the biggest mistake they made was it does not look like it's, it's mocap. Um, and, um, or maybe it does look like it's mocap. Maybe CGI was the way they should have went. Um, it is one of those things where it's like, he's too tall. I don't like how tall he is. He looks like a regular man. Um, and to me, I want you to shrink him up a little bit. I want you to plump him up just a tad um, and just kind of give us a more animated version of Sonic. I, I don't know why you're trying to make him look so human. I don't know what these people's infatuation with making little monster-looking things look so human. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but to me, <clears throat> I saw you guys were saying um, you were feeling bad for the editing team. I was telling you, I was like, any, any bad feelings I felt about like the fact that they had to go into overdrive. I'm remembering the thousands of dollars they're being paid to do that. Like it's not like it's child labor. <laughs> Um, like, they're being paid very handsomely to do a fun job, nonetheless. Um, like, if you told me I'd spend the next four months making Sonic look better and I'm getting paid thousands, I'm like, I, wait, what? You feel sorry for me? Like, what? No, you need to find a way to come join me. Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. This is great. Um, but I will say that 
that release date won't stick. Um, they're confident now, but I would also remind you that um, uh, what do you call it? What's the movie? New Mutants was very confident um, when it showed a trailer for a release date that mm-hmm. they have not stuck to, that they've changed four times now. So Sonic will be pushed back. Um, you'll find out closer. Um, the closer you get towards San Diego Comic-Con, where I'm sure they'll they'll have a panel, um, they will push it back. I, I can almost guarantee you, because at this point, what you want to do, because here's the biggest part. Once you fix it, you want to test screen it. Because if you don't test screen it and you just wait for theatrical release, and that second trailer drops, and we hate that look, what are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? So to me, you get it right, you test screen it, excuse me, um, and then if everyone reacts well to it, and you you put out like an official photo, a new look Sonic, and we all like, all right, good, then you can stick to it. But I can almost guarantee you, it's not as simple as they're making it sound. I mean, we can even use an example of um, the report <clears throat> um, that we got today, I believe it was today, of the Russo saying um, Morgan originally was going to be older. She wasn't going to be five years old. Um, mm. And they test screened it, and it didn't go over well. Um, and I understand why. Like, to me, Morgan saying, I love you 3,000. Um, Morgan saying, like, she wanted cheeseburgers. Her repeating the curse word that Tony said. All that worked because of how young she was and how adorable she was. Yeah. I don't know if any of that emotion hits me if she's, like, 20. Like, it's just like, no, nah, I don't think that hits me the same. Um, the reason why X-23 needed to be as young as she was. So all that emotion would hit because it's a little girl who's been alone for forever that's now losing the only person she felt close to. Well, the only two people she felt close to. It just hits harder. That's not hard to believe at all. So to me, I can almost guarantee you that release date will at some point, maybe not drastically be pushed, it will, it will change. Um, when when is it originally supposed to come out? Do you know, Tia, off, off the top of your head? I think sometime in November, but I'm not sure what the exact date is. In November, I could honestly see this movie having a January release, and I don't think it would hurt it. Um, even though you know, before Star Wars is preferable, especially not after or around, um, <laughs> but I, I think by mid-January, the, the hype for Star Wars will start to die down. Um, it'd be hard to believe that it's still um, <laughs> piling in as January starting to end, but if anyone could do it, it would be Star Wars. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it does stick to it. Maybe it is a simple fix. Um, and, and if it is, great. You get it come November, but I don't see it being that, that simple. Um is there anything else you guys wanted to, to, to chat about? About I think we covered, like, all remakes, mm-hmm. reimagination. Dom even touched on, on the horror elements a little bit. Well, Anyone? I did want to say really quick, we were talking about, uh, you know, these Disney movies coming to life. First of all, I if this Aladdin movie does well, I would love for that to open the doorway to a live-action Hercules movie. I think that that could actually be done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- I don't know if you guys remember, but we're supposed to get a live action Mulan movie, and I have absolutely yep. no, but I have absolutely no faith in it. Like I think that they seriously need to go in and reevaluate everything that we've heard for this movie, um, just because I think that's the movie that's going to hurt this trend of live action. 
if mm-hmm. Lion King is Lion King is going to do amazing. It's going to do really well. Uh, Aladdin may do well as well. Um, but and if they do, as I said, the live action Hercules, I think they can get that down pat. But they need to reevaluate this Mulan movie because everything I've heard about it just makes me absolutely not want to see the movie. And this is coming from the person who I still to this day say that my favorite animated Disney movie is Mulan. I cry every time mm-hmm. I watch this movie as in a grown adult. I think I watched it last year at some point and still, and still cried. So, um, but I still think that they're going to mess that up whenever that comes, even though we haven't heard anything about it in forever. Yeah, I mean, my first thoughts on, on when I saw Milan, that's my, one of my mom's favorites also. I actually went to see that with her in, in, in theaters. Um, well, besides such one thought, that I, I will say again, um, even though Rick and Morty made it famous again, it was overrated then. It was overrated <laughs> when Rick and Morty was, was hyping it. Um, it's just not really a good thought. Um, but I will say um, the, the thing I love most about Mulan is that Mulan to me is exactly what Arya is. It's not your typical... I'm here to just be in a nice dress and be the princess. It's like, no, I want to roll up my sleeves. I want to get right. dirty and I want to fight. Um, and I so love when they say, because, so when but, they say that they're going to introduce a love interest for her, I'm like, no, no, that's not what this type of movie is about. Mulan is, as you said, the girl who is going to step in for her dad so that he doesn't have to go off and die in this war um, and fight along. And yeah, there's maybe that little bit of like underlying like uh, attraction between her and the main guy, but it's never a romance. And then they were like, Oh, we're going to introduce this new character who's going to be a romance. And I was like, I don't need to see that. This is sounds terrible. Sorry, I had to go off for a second. Makes me so <laughs> no, mad. no, no, no. You're completely fine. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think love was touched a bit in um in in the first Milan movie. It definitely was enhanced in the second one, but it was touched on. It just was nowhere near remotely a focus of the first Milan movie. Um, it because it was trying to get out of the stereotype of um you know the the love interest, the guy saves the day. The woman's a damsel in distress. Like, it was getting out of that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mulan is what I thought would spark a revolution, and we get more of it. It took years for us to get a braid. Um, it took years for us to get a Moana, like, stuff like that. So um, it obviously was the first of its kind. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that is something that you could easily mess up. Um, as easy as it seems, it's easy to mess up. Um, Pal, I actually go to you. What, what are your thoughts on, on what Tia was saying about Mulan? Do you feel as nervous as Tia? Or to me, I, I'm, this is new to me because last thing I heard was they maybe casted Mulan, um, and that was it. That, that was literally all I heard. Uh, maybe I wasn't right. looking for it, and I missed it, I... but I don't know. I, I'm on the same boat as you. The last bit of news that I heard was when they casted Mulan, which I think is an she's an actual Chinese actress. So, yeah. you know that that thing or, or that part of the whole production of Mulan. At least I'm glad that they're going to try to stick true to the roots of the story, which you know is comes from a Chinese tale. Um, 
I can absolutely understand where he is coming from because not necessarily from um, the new upcoming Milan movie, but I have a family member who absolutely loves Lady and the Tramp. That is one of her, it is her favorite movie of all time. And so when Disney Plus announced, or or when Disney announced their streaming service, uh, Disney Plus, part of the announcement, they showed a, like a little screenshot of the upcoming Lady and the Tramp movie. I, I believe it's going to be a movie. Um, and she saw that picture and her heart broke because it was nothing like what she grew up with. The dog didn't look like Tramp. The dog didn't look like Lady. And she didn't like it because it removed everything that made it what, you know, she, she loved. So I feel like in that sort of sense, I can relate to what Tia is saying because um, if you're going to remake something, you better do it right. Because if you mess up one little thing, whether it's a detail, whether it's the way a person looks or the the the, the subject looks, um, a lot of people are going to be turned off by it. And you know that's not the fault of the studios. But I mean, they should just know that some people are really emotionally invested in these movies and in these characters and in the story, and that if they change one little thing, you know. We're, people are going to complain about it, and they they have the right to do so because, you know, we we grew up watching these these stories, and we pretty much can, you know, we watched these movies so many times when we were kids that we could pretty much say line by line what the character is going to say. That, yeah, um, it, I don't, I like I said, I haven't heard much about Mulan, but I feel like with um their upcoming plans with these remakes, at least for 2019, you know, with um first it was Dumbo, then Aladdin. Then The Lion King is coming up. Um, so far, they did not have a good start with Dumbo. Um, like I said, I did not like it at all. I, I, I was, I'm becoming really skeptical, skeptical about Aladdin because of that. Lion King, I'm sure, is not going to disappoint me because John Favreau did amazing with The Jungle Book. But we'll see how Aladdin goes, and depending on how successful or how how much it does meet my expectations, that I feel like it's going to give me a better feeling of, you know, how future remakes like Mulan is going to end up being like. Yeah, I think they should definitely try to go more of a home run. Like, um, I think Pinocchio should have been one of the more, uh, I think Pinocchio should have been done before Dumbo. Um, yeah. It, it seems simpler um, and really hard to mess up. So I think if you did that first and that was good, then you had Aladdin. And even if Aladdin wasn't good, you got Lion King for it to fall back on. Um, mm-hmm. That would definitely, like, make people like, oh, you could do good animated animation to live-action movies. Like, you could do it. As long as Jon Favreau's there, but you could do it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can kind of take a risk with Dumbo. You could take a risk with Bambi. Um, but I think if you start with those. And also I think what they forget is um, – Movies like Dumbo, movies like Bambi, movies like Lion King, when you make them look so real, I think what mm-hmm. you forget is it's hard to show emotion on a real lion. Like lions, you can't see if they're sad, really. You can't see if they're happy. And what made that moment where Simba finds Mufasa so emotional is do you guys remember um, how big his eyes got and how sad his face looked? Like, mm-hmm. you can feel oh that. Um, and I don't know how you do it when you use a real lion, like when you use the prosthetics of using a real lion's face. I don't know how you show that emotion. Um, yeah. That's what I was telling Joelle bothered me about the first trailer is that you don't ever see anyone talking. Like, you hear, 
um, Mufasa speaking, but you don't see a mouth move. So the reason Jungle Book worked as well as it did, I feel, is because you had a human interacting with animals. So Mm -hmm. you still got to see the human emotion from the human, and that kind of conveyed onto the animals. So when you're all animals, it's like, yikes. Like, how does that, how do you see the emotion in that? Um, Dom, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on that? Do do you, are you concerned about that at all? Like, seeing the emotion of it? Or do you kind of just feel like if the voiceovers are hitting, it doesn't really matter? No, I definitely think that, um, you know, especially with, like, um, with with, with, uh, Scar is, like, in the the preview, like like in the the original, his um, his facial expressions are kind of what sells you into like him being that big of a villain, and then and that maniacal. But when I saw the you know the preview for the new one, I couldn't really tell what was going on with his face besides what he was saying. So I think it is gonna. I don't think it'll affect it that much. But I do think that it will kind of play a role uh, in it because, uh, I mean, Scar is probably one of the most animated people in the original one uh, as far as his facial um, features and whatnot or what he was doing with his face. So, uh, yeah, I think it does – it is going to play a little bit of a part, but um, the guy – I can't remember the the actor's name who's doing his voice, but he does – he usually does a great job in most things, so I expect Mm -hmm. it's really good. Yeah, to me, emotion is huge. Emotion <clears throat> emotion is what drives it. Um, you watch Endgame. Uh, even if you watch the new Spider-Man trailer, um, the sorrow in the eyes of, 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 um, of Tom Holland when he's in the jet was happy, and, um, and they're talking about Stark, you feel that. Not necessarily yeah. because of what he's saying, because you can see it in his face, how much that that hurts him in that moment. Um, you felt it when you see Stark die and you see him come over to him. Um, you felt it when he was turning into dust in Stark's arms. Emotion in the face sells everything. And if I can't see that, your voice acting better be, like, Oscar-worthy um, yeah. to make up for the fact that I can't literally see it in your face for it to kind of just drive it home. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Again, we, it's John Fre- go ahead. Go ahead. We, we, we might see something during the world to be seen. I'll tell you that. <laughs> If anything's going to oh. come out emotionally, it'll be during that scene. Yeah, that to me also, I, I didn't like. I didn't like how real Tony Pumba looked. Like, I'm like, yuck. <laughs> like, that looks gross. <laughs> and then if you have the scene with them eating, like, eating bugs, like, that's going to look even realer and it's going to look disgusting. <laughs> um, so it's just like a lot of it. A lot of it, I kind of feel like if you're a parent, like, is, and again, I don't mean scary in the sense of, like, a horror movie, but. Do you take your five-year-old to see Lion King? It, it looks kind of like too real. Like, would that scare a kid? Maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 crazy, but to me, I think like that scare a kid. Um, I do think. Uh, Go ahead. I do think that one of the hardest things for them to recreate, as far as the emotion and faces, are going to be the uh, hyenas. I don't know oh. how to do that. Because yeah, you have the one who looks all crazy and stuff, so it's like, how are you going to convey that when you're trying to make them overly realistic? Yeah, and I also didn't like how um, Scar looked. I thought you made yeah. him 
too grayish looking. Um, well, there was no real prominent scar, and I know that like yeah. people said that, and I know that people said that like lions with black manes don't really exist, but there are a mm-hmm. few examples. So it's like you couldn't have given him the black mane. I know that's like a small thing, but it's you know his look. I mean, he has the scar and he has the black hair. Yeah, and I also like Chitelle uh, Edgefor. Um, I think he's an amazing actor, amazing, amazing, Absolutely. amazing. But I mm-hmm. think what they, I think what Favreau might have forgotten. Um, and again, it, it's really hard to judge it when I have not seen the, the the full movie. But I think what he forgot the biggest reason why Scar was so scary was because Jeremy Irons' voice. Like, that mm-hmm. voice is like, oof, gives you chills. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Jackson, I thought, could have done a better voice. Uh, Andre Brower could have done a better voice. Um, Idris Elba, if, unfortunately, he was he didn't do Jungle Book. Would have been perfect yeah. for Star. Um, oh, gosh. Because <laughs> think of it like this. And I think maybe what he was trying to do was to contrast Mufasa from Star. Because if you have two mm-hmm. deep voices going up against each other, it kind of drowns out. Um, but think of how strong Mufasa sounds. I felt like Scar sounded so weak. Um, and, and again, it's no knock to Chattel. I think he's an amazing actor. I just don't think voice acting is for everyone. Um, and I, I kind of wish they just went back and got Jeremy Irons. I'm really curious why Jeremy Irons didn't come back um, to voice Scar again. Because um, that would have completed my childhood right there. Like, I would have gotten goosebumps <laughs> hearing... Jeremy Irons, Scar, talk. Um, I, I don't know, but who, who's to say? Um, Whoopi Goldberg also is what made um, one of the hyenas really entertaining. Yeah. Um, so there's no yeah. Whoopi, so it's like, who knows? You know, who knows? Um, I, I'm really concerned about Seth Rogen singing as Pumbaa. <laughs> I think he's Pumbaa. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows, but all I'm saying is he's these reimaginings and these re, uh, remakes, they can go really good. They can go really bad. And yeah. sometimes when it goes bad, it's because you're trying to be too different than the counterpart. And sometimes it, you don't have to be that difficult. Just match it. Not shot for shot, but you match all the, the important parts, like all the parts that define the movie. As long as you can capture those. Um, like with Aladdin, as long as I see when um, – when they do Prince Ali, as long as I see the big uh, elephant coming through the palace, yes. uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like that whole parade <laughs> that Genie creates for him, as long mm-hmm. as I see all the animations and stuff that, that you got from the um, the original animation, I'm not going to be the one here complaining like, oh, you know, music maybe didn't hit. I just need the moments to hit. And if that hits, it'll make up for the fact that I'm probably holding my hands over my ears as Will Smith raps. Um, Ali. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we did a great job covering um, our, our takes on remakes and reimaginations. Um, I think we have a better idea of uh, each other's opinions on it. Um, I definitely would love to do um, best Spider-Man movie um, next or this Friday rather. I'm so used to doing it last week, <laughs> throwing me off. Um, this Friday. <laughs> It's already going to be, 
It's right. already going to be far from home just because Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Just putting it out there. <laughs> you didn't even see the movie yet. Just the trailer. I, I don't need to. I don't need to. Just the trailer. <laughs> fine. <laughs> see, they already got you sold. Just, just with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a small oh, yeah. thing. That mm. is a, yeah, like listen, that is a early like young teen crush over there. So yeah, the fact that they the fact that they got Jake Gyllenhaal in the MCU, ooh, kudos, kudos. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, listen, I can't I can't judge at all. Uh, I had the hugest crush on Alyssa Milano as 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 a kid. So you put Alyssa Milano in anything, I was watching it. I, I watched Sean, and I, I couldn't tell you now one thing about that show, but I've seen every episode, um, so I get it. Um, but I think I think that's it. I think he did a great job. Does anyone else want to add anything else? I can add one last thing, because um, I yeah. was thinking about what you guys were saying about how a lot of these remakes, and um, reimaginations have been happening because of how technology has carried us to this day. And, but sometimes I feel like just because the technology is there, um, if the direction and the story isn't, that it doesn't mean that the movie needs to happen. That's why I felt with Dumbo. It's like I felt like that movie honestly didn't need to exist because, yeah, you know, the technology and um, – and, and, you know, just remaking Dumbo, what he is in, in 2019, was absolutely adorable, but that wasn't enough to save the movie. So that was just, like, you know, my last thought about uh, how people should handle remakes from now on, just because the technology is there, just because, um, you, know, you know, you could take the story to another level. Just, you know, just be pay attention to what actually makes a movie a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even with the example of technology being as great as it is, is, is why I think we deserve a Mega Man movie. Um, mm-hmm. But again, that is a character that is very easy to mess up. It is not yep. simple. Um, yep. And I have a fear that they won't go off of the original Mega Man. I think they'll go off of the newer one that came out for Game Boy Advance, um, Mega Man XD or something like that, like where they plug into the Internet. Um, because it's a more modern take, and you could kind of get away with doing more so um, practical effects than really having to just go all CGI and stuff like that. So, again, it's really easy to get people disinterested. Um, yep. But if you do it well, you'll be, you'll be famous forever. Because Mega <laughs> yeah. Man is a character that if you can nail, you're set. And whatever director would, would be brave enough to take it, you'll be set. Um, you'll be set for life if you could be the guy that successfully did Mega Man. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, it's, these are reimaginations, remakes, very easy to mess up. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's one of the things where it's like, we don't need remakes, but if you do them well, I'll take them. Uh, yep, <laughs> absolutely. I want to thank the three of you. Um, this is a great, great, great show. Um, I can't wait to... Um, you know, after Detective Pikachu comes out, which is this week, get everyone's take on what we thought of that. Um, and if it's good, what that means going forward. Like, can we get an Ash Pikachu um, open world movie where we kind of see um, Ash go, go on his journey with Brock and Misty um, in live action form? So Detective Pikachu opens way more doors than just starting a trilogy with Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu. It, it opens up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So, here's to the success of Detective Pikachu, 
And also, Avatar, Endgame is coming for you. Get ready for Ooh, the snap. On your left. You yeah. Will, you <laughs> will soon cease to exist. But I do want to say one last thing. It's crazy to think that this world allowed Titanic to be the highest grossing film ever. Like the right. fact that Titanic that was the was highest a grossing good, film was crazy. Titanic was a good movie. You just only have to see it once. Yeah. 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 But to me, I'm like, how profitable were those times when that movie came out that it was the highest grossing movie ever? <laughs> like, think of all the movies that have ever existed. Like, 30 years from now, if I were to tell someone, like, you know what the highest grossing movie used to be? They'd be like, oh, what, Avengers, what, Harry Potter, Jaws, Batman? No, it was Titanic. No way, yes, Titanic was the highest grossing movie ever. It was because so, of Celine Dion. <laughs> it, it had to have been. She was strong. Like, she had superpowers yeah. enough to get that movie that high. Um, but... But Avatar, you soon will cease to exist in that top spot. Um, so huge congrats for, for Marvel ahead of time because it will pass it. Um, but thanks to three of you. Um, I had a lot of fun, and we will be back Friday um, to hopefully possibly talk Spider-Man, best Spider-Man movies. But we'll figure that out. But <laughs> thank you, and um, peace. Right. How same bat channel, same bat time. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.